we've been going through the story of God's uh, glory and through the Bible and understanding that, that there's an upper story of God's redemptive plan of bringing people to himself. But, but in that lower story, it's people like you and I that fulfill God's purpose and plan of the upper story. And, and last week, as I was listening to the Montana team, and as I thought about read and seek a story, you know, talk about how God uses the lower story, uses his people to bring glory to himself in the most unlikely ways. Uh, read and seek a story is that. You know, Sika grew up in, in, some, on the, in the Samoan Islands. Uh, Rita grew up right here in this church, and, and God brought them together in Colorado Springs, Colorado many years ago and 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 brought them here for a season but but now they are they're doing an incredible work in in northern Montana on an on a Native American reservation I'm going to let him tell the story but 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 it is really um, a pleasure and an honor for me to have seek seek if you would come up I'd like to pray for you and then we'll turn the time over to um, to you and to your family let's pray father we thank you Lord for your goodness, Lord, we thank you just, Lord, this morning, just um, for the way that you have used Rita and Sika, uh, used their lives, uh, used their family uh, to, to make your name famous, to, to introduce you to Native Americans and, and to show them who Jesus is through the way they live their lives. And, Lord, I just pray this morning that, that as we hear their story, Lord, that, um, that we would be challenged and we would be encouraged by, by the work that you're doing through them, um, to bring honor and glory to yourself. It's in your name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. Well, thank you very much, Pastor Duane. Um, I just love the worship team. I mean, what a blessing it is to be in the presence of God. Mark, Keith, the last couple of weeks I've been here, just enjoy the presence of the Lord. I wish that drama get, get beat the drumming so we can dance. You know, uh, I, I'm, just, I'm just honored to be here. And I'm standing here. I'm one of those guys. If worship time is a concert, this is my favorite concert, is to be in the presence of God. And I'm just, I'm just humbled to be here. And uh, I want to continue on worshiping the Lord. And I'm, I'm thinking of, uh, of what it would be like to see every tribe, every nation, every tongue. Worshiping the Lord. And I'm sorry I have a weak heart, so I keep crying every time I talk. And uh, looking back to so many years of, uh, after being here, how, how to see the church got this far. You know, I left when it was only about 150, 160 people. Started heading towards the 200 mark. But coming here, I, I don't know most of the people here. And I, it's, a, it's a blessing to see us journey together in the presence of the Lord. To hear these testimonies of of the kids, you know, experience God, want to be baptized, and, and hearing Pastor Duane the last couple of weeks talking about the glory of God. And it's all about His glory. Hearing the, the, the team last week talk about Montana, and I was like, wow, I'm so glad it's about God and about His glory. Because it's something that none of us could have done. I was looking at the plans as, uh, as the, the team from Montana told their story, and I was like, wow. Here I am, had my own plans of what I wanted to see happen. But in the midst of that, God did his work in it. So I just want to, before I start, I just wanted to, I really thank you for the opportunity to be here and share. But let me highlight one thing. This is about God and his glory. 
We just happen to be a part of what He's doing in us. Even all of us sitting here worshiping Him, it's nothing, the, the closer we are to the Lord, the more we realize it's nothing about us. It's not about us, it's about God. And that's why I'm, I'm so humbled to be here because uh, looking at all this that's going on, even some of the stories I'm going to tell, I wish to have a, uh, I'll be back and we'll, we'll tell more stories. But uh, I, I, I really, I, I, I love the Lord and I just, I just want to worship Him more. And that's how I would like to invite the, the girls who are going to do the hula dance. In uh, where we come from, there's a famous word, uh, usually Hawaii say aloha. We say in Samoa, talofa. Everybody say aloha. aloha. Now you feel like the, where I come from. That's, that's where I, now let's go a little bit. Let's make me feel at home here. Um, so may I say first, VP Stu? Okay, now you can help me. Let's stretch it a little bit longer. Say, aloha. Now look to the person next to you and say a big aloha to that person. All right, aloha or alofa in the Samoan, aloha in Hawaii. It's a greeting that's very popular. Hollywood is doing a very good job promoting it, but there's a deep meaning to it, you know. And uh, it comes from two words. You know, when I first came to America, I still remember in, uh, in L.A., I, I met this uh, African-American uh, 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 a fellow at the airport and said, hey, what's up? I look straight up. You know, I didn't even know what what's up means till I figure out later. It means, how are you? In Samoa, we don't say what's up. We say aloha, talofa, meaning that alo means you come face to face with that person, you know, and ha is the breath of life that come to it. That you give life to each other. So it, it translates back to, to, to the whole thing of God creating us. You come face to face with God and allow God to breathe life to you. So we say aloha to you. Amen. Let me, uh, is Keith here? I, I, Keith, come on up here. If you, if you, let's give it up for Keith, you know. I think I didn't bring any phone book for you to tear, you know. To, That's good. That's all good for you. Pastor Dwayne did an awesome job. By the way, you saw Ed saw the phone book. But it was not as fast as Pastor Dwayne when he was there. I do have the picture, you know. And he didn't say, I love you, brother, there. Cause <laughs> but anyways, when we say aloha, when you come together with, and I just wanted to demonstrate this to you because we know I get intimidated when, uh, when, when it's too quiet, you know. And uh, that's part of my Amish Mennonite side of my family that uh, I'm still learning, you know. When we pray, we just bow down. You know, we don't, you know, what I'm saying here. So for us Samoans, when you come and uh, face to face, with the reason why we say aloha or alofa, we face to face with one another. So this is how we approach God. We come face to face with God. But when we greet each other, now we, we shake hands. Nowadays we shake hands. But back in the day when we created this aloha thing, when you come and meet somebody, you go straight to straight. <laughs> Give it up for kids. Thank you very much. No, that's what it is. When, and that's why I'm so glad God has a plan of put quiet people in this part of the world and put some noisy people is where I come from. Because when we do our worship, we are so loud. You don't even hear what's going on because you hear sound like, Choo! you know, 
Meaning like we're here and meaning like, you know, we're ready to celebrate and stuff like that. So that's how we, 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 we envision the word aloha. When you come to the Lord, you come face to face with him. You hunger with him and allow him to bring life to you. As you can tell that, you know, worship is, we see worship in a different way. And I'm going to continue to share with you uh, that what uh, Pastor Dwayne was saying, this whole thing of worshiping God from every tribe, every nation, every town. And because in, in the Native American reservation where we're at, it's, it's not about standing. It's about, ah! the drum goes on and just everybody just celebrate and dance. And this is, this is what our ministry is, is targeting and this is our goal is to see every tribes every nations every tongue worship god in the way god created them all right i'll see if i can put it in uh have a few minutes here left which is really good but um i'm just uh, blessed to be here and uh wanted to share a little bit about uh, what we do as a ministry my name is Sika, and my wife there, Rita, and we have uh, our kids obviously up here dancing with us. But we, we left here in uh, 2005, and we went to Montana. It was not really our place that we thought we were going to go, and wasn't the, we, we, we thought it would be uh, Japan. And I'll show some, pic- some pictures here of, uh, I'll show some, pic- some pictures here of, uh, some of the ministry that we do, and I, I don't know, some people ask me, are you ready to preach? And uh, I don't know if I'm going to preach this morning, and I still don't know what preaching is. I'm just going to talk about what the Lord uh, led us to do in Montana and the blessing uh, we were able to be up there. By the way, um, I thank you to the team that gave the fundraising, but I also want to uh, extend our, our thanks to, to the church and for, for the supporters and, and the prayers and I know there's some families that came and visited us before the team came. Pastor Dwayne uh, visited us. It was, it was a blessing. And it all built up to this, and I'm excited for more. So I just want to say thank you for your prayers, your support, and cards, Christmas cards, sending it. You don't know how much that means to us to know that we're connecting to the family here. As this family gets bigger and stronger, we feel that in Montana where we're at. So I want to say thank you. And I'm so blessed to be back here and just rest. You know, and to, to see all this helper. I was watching Mark and Keith last couple of weeks. I was the, the best guitar player we had then, back in the day. And now I look at this guy, they're even gooder than me. Which is, was like, wow, this is good. You know, I thought I was the hot guy back then. But obviously there's harder people than you. So I'm, I'm really, really, really thank you for that. And I just, just see God doing this because I remember Pastor Dwayne. You know, we were trying to work this. Shall we do hymns? Shall we do acoustic guitar? Shall we do this and that? But the Lord has his way of bringing us to worship him together. So I'm just really, really thank you to see things here growing. And it's so restful. Just come here and enjoy the, the ministry that's, that's going on here. And I'm, I'm standing here and it's like, wow, there's more people need to experience this. There's more people need to come and experience this presence of the Lord. I I don't know, I was, the longer I was listening to the drums and, and, and uh, the music, the more I wanted to get up and dance, you know, and celebrate and all that. But uh, it's part of the upper story that we're still heading there. But anyway, we, we left here 2005. I thought we'd be going to Japan because I, I knew how to speak. I knew Japanese and, 
And I, that's where I was before. And, uh, and uh, Rita felt like, well, let's just go. And uh, we, we just head out there. And uh, we ended up in Montana. And uh, the reason why I'm telling this story, because I didn't really know about Native Americans or First Nation people. They don't like it when they, you call them Indians, you know, and you call them First Nation people or Native Americans. And uh, we respect that and honor them for that because that's who they are. But anyway, I landed, we ended up in Montana. And I still remember the first, uh, I think it was the first morning that um, we kind of rest in as a family. We took, uh, we, we drove there and, uh, and um, uh, uh, Tiana woke up one morning and looked out in the w- through the window and she saw these Native American kids going to school. And then Tiana said to me, Dad, are we in Samoa? And I said, no. Why? She said, come on, Dad, look at those kids. They look like you, Dad. They look like, look like my cousins back home. And that kind of hit me that morning. I went there and looked and I was like, wow, where are we? We, kinda, we arrived in the night, so we didn't really know how the, uh, the reservation looked like and all that. But we saw these kids, and that kind of got, got me thinking. And I started looking around the reservation, and this is, again, we were praying of going to Japan. We thought well, that's where we're heading. And uh, ended up uh, asking questions around about res- the reservation, running to these uh, Native Americans, and they asked me where I'm from, and I told them where I'm from, Samoa, and that caused this curiosity, and, and people were asking each other, and... Uh, they even ended up coming to my house and, and say, so what is it to be a Samoan? And got more interested when they found out that uh, not only I'm a Samoan, but I'm also a Christian and I'm a missionary. And they're like, wow, how can you do that? And I say, why? We were always taught, we were always told that the church and mission work is a white man thing. And I was like, what? Can I, can I... Can I hear that again? I say, we were always told and, 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 told and, and thought that church and, and, and missions is a white man's thing. So I ended up visiting some churches on the reservation. And it was not, you know, you go there and you see there is, it's a reservation, it's an open reservation called Flathead Nation. And uh, the, the churches there, you hardly see any Native American person in the church. And that's when I realized, man, I, fi- I finally started hearing what they, they're saying. And then I come and hang out with them more and more and uh, talk with them. And, and they told us stories like, how can you be a Samoan and be a mission? Do you sp- still speak your language? I said, yeah, fluent. I speak better Samoan than English. And they were like, whoa. And they were very interested in how do you, do you have a Samoan Bible? I said, yes, we do have a Samoan Bible. Do you have Samoan songs? And like, yes, we do have Samoan songs. And... Uh, and I was like, so how is your system in the, in the, in the country? They said, well, it runs by chiefs. And what do you mean chiefs? And, and I realized I became a chief too of our island uh, about two, three years before we, we left here, the old church. We, the, our village became, uh, came and asked me to, to take over, the, uh, become a chief. So I accepted that responsibility and uh, didn't know. When, like, I was also asking the question myself, well, how can I be a chief in a Mennonite world? You know, that's, don't, they don't work together. They don't have, they don't have chiefs, you know, in the, in the Amish world. So I came here, and, and, and obviously the Lord has his plan. I ended up on this reservation. And then I told, well, by the way, uh, I'm also a chief. And they're like, what? You're a chief? I say, yeah. And how, how, what does that make difference? And I'm starting telling these stories. And, but yet it's, it's a big thing to them for a Samoan to still sing 
to worship God, have his own Bible, for Samoan to, to, to worship the Lord in his own language, and also achieve, but still a Christian. So they were watching me the first six months. And then, um, not only that, I'm married to a white person. You know, for them, excuse me for using the color, but where we come from, you're Samoan, white, Indian, you know, cowboys, and we are fine with that. You know, we, we are just, we're just enjoying life, you know. And uh, so I, I came there, and, um, and I started uh, hanging out with them, and then they show me, you know, their, their tribal council. I'm going to show some pictures later, and uh, why don't we do that? This is the, the tribal council. This is, this is uh, the jambo where the, the, the leaders of the tribe meet here and make decisions for the tribe. And they took me there. And uh, they told me my friend named John Grand Jamp. Now he's, uh, he's taking DTS. And some of you met him. Uh, he took me there. And, uh, and they said, this is where we meet as a people. And this is where we make decisions for the tribe. And I started think, listening to them, to them. And I'm started learning something a little bit different. You know, before I left, I was one of those missionaries just go... You know, tell the gospel, you know, and see people get saved and let's celebrate. Let's have worship time and that's it, you know. But then I was listening to these people. They took me to the tribal council chamber and they introduced me to all these people because I don't know why they introduced me, but they were like, because you're a chief, you know, and uh, we want to do, introduce you to our people. And I was like, I just want to be heading to, the, to where God is calling me to, to go. And uh, they introduced me around and, uh, and I realized that they are actually looking at something different. You know, and, and, and I still remember John Grand Jam when I finally sat down with John Grand Jam. John, what is going on here? And, and he was like, Sika, you know, the Native American people, we like you. We, we, we accept you as a, as a Samoan. But this whole missionary thing, it's not really you. You, you just, you're going to do the white thing here with us. And I didn't sink in, you know, and I was just like, what are they trying to say? Then I went I went home and I started asking Rita, I said, honey, what, what do you think? What, what are these, what's going on here? And I started hearing the Lord is telling me, Sika, I want you to serve God and worship me, worship me, God, the way I created you. And I was like, what does that mean, Lord? And then I just, you know, I went to bed that night and I just like, and all of a sudden in my dreams, I started hearing our old, our, my, my grandma, I think it's my grandma started singing these old Samoan hymns. And I was like, what in the world is going on? And I started hearing, you know, different, more and more hymns that night. And I was, I couldn't go to sleep. I, I was like, okay, you know, one of those dreams, you know, that uh, you can't really forget and you can't really get over it. And I just kept trying to, to sleep and have more and more dreams. And I, I started hearing the Siva Tau of our people or the Hakka, this war dance I was coming. I was like, what in the world, you know? And I would just, I would just keep waiting. And about two o'clock in the morning, I was like, "Man, I'm gonna go to the," because I'm so ending up waking up the family. I, said, I went to the, to, to to the living room and just like just trying to pray there. And I hear, heard the drums of the Samoans just like coming so loud. I don't know if I was dreaming or what, but I remember where I was at. And it got so strong that I ended up started doing this, this Siva Tau and this Haka. I was all by myself doing this. And I was dancing and dancing. It was like so weird how it went. You know, and I just was, was running out of strength. Because if you see the Siva Tau, if you watch rugby and see the old blacks dance or the Samoan dance, you know, it's, it's one of those dances that just keep, they pump themselves up before the game and stuff like that. But that's how it was happening in my, in my living room. And, and Rita woke up and looked at, what is going on, honey? He said, I don't know, you know. 
But I can't get over this dream. And I said, while I was doing this, I said, you know, I was closing my eyes and I see this, uh, where, we, where we stayed and some of you were there. There's this uh, a fire stove area that, that I was looking at and I was doing this dance and I saw people started marching out of this, this area, which is kind of dark because that's where the, the, the stove was at, you know, and people started marching out and I was dancing and I was just singing these old songs. These old hymns, and I was just worshiping God there. And I finally kind of woke up, and, and I realized everybody that came out of this dark spot is joining me in worshiping the Lord. And I was like, this is weird. And then that's when God started pushing me more and more. Sika, I, I want you to see where you're at. I know you want to go to Japan, but I'm trying to show you something. And then I started doing some research. I ended up going to a powwow. It's a job called powwow. It's where Native Americans gather together, and they, they have bands, and it's like their celebration. And I went to this powwow, and I stood there. I still remember it was kind of a fall powwow for the uh, job corps. And I was standing there, and I saw this Native American kid. I mean, he, he had a, a bag on his, in his right hand, and he had his hooded shirt on. And he came, out, came in like this and stood right beside me. And this kid looked so... Big boy, I think he was a Blackfeet because Blackfeet are always bigger people there. And um, he was standing there, and I was looking at him and uh, say, how are you? And, uh, and he looked at me, what's up? You know, I said, well, good, you know, and stuff like that. And then he continued on, and he went to, uh, to the changing room, and uh, he had his hooded on. If you kind of follow me, what I'm trying to say here is that uh, he was standing like this. Then he went to the changing room and put on his regalia. And, uh, and uh, he was one of the dancers. And when he came out, he looked so different. I mean, he stood, if you see a Native American dance, he's like stood so high. And the Lord was trying to tell me, so I said, watch. When he came there, not really acknowledge who he is, his head was down. And when he came to dance, like have his full regalia on, dressed up as a Native American, man, that kid was so bright, so, I mean, so excited. And the Lord spoke to me, Seeker, this is where the Native Americans are. They are depressed. They are pressed down. We need to see them rise up again and stand tall, stand so big. And I was watching this kid. I mean, the, he was in a jump, jump dance. If you've ever been to a powwow, they have a jump dance where the young guys just jump and going, hoo, hoo, whoa, 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 and just going. And I was watching this guy bouncing on. I mean, he was like so full of energy, dancing as a Native American. So I went back to the church and I said, something is weird here. In the church is only white people. In the powwow, it's full of Native Americans. And the Lord started telling me, Sika, I want you to tell the story of Jesus to these people from a Samoan point of view, not a white man point of view, not a black man, not a mission point of view. But I want you to tell the story. And the Lord started telling me how the gospel came to Samoa and changed our people. So all of a sudden, I told, I told Rita, I was like, Rita, we should do an outreach here. We should start. And the Lord told me, Sika, I do not want you to do an outreach here without doing the proper protocol. And I was like, proper protocol? And I tried to think about the way Samoan people do protocol. Well, the way we do protocol back home, before you do anything in anybody's village, you have to ask for that village for their permission. You have to go there and ask if there's, you know, you know if they allow you to do this. So I was like, well, Lord, I'm, I'm fine with that. 
So I set up an appointment to, to go to see the tribal council here. And this is how they sit. And uh, this is the second time we came and approached the, 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 the Native Americans about coming in and do some ministry with them. So uh, the first time I went there because it was only me and Rita. Dan and, and, and uh, Dan joined us later, and he, Dan knows the stories. And if you want to know more about uh, how we started that, Dan was our right-hand man. I, I tell you what, if God want to make something happen, they will send Mennonite boys to do it. I mean, Dan came into our reservation, and uh, they, now they, they, they accept me as a Samoan. They accept me, but... Uh, I always feel sorry for my wife because I always go first and leave her in the van and wait there with the kids because I don't know if they, you know, accept the white people yet. So she always wait in the van or wait at home or go have meetings. And, and Dan joined me and, and Rita, and we ended up having this uh, team of three, and we were traveling around. And uh, his, his Amish language and his, his, his roots as an Amish and uh, the lifestyle really opened up doors, too, for the Native Americans to the white people because they always think white people are the same. Till Dan and Rita was there, and he has his own language, has his own story to tell. And uh, it's, it's, it's really, it was really effective, and, and I really want to uh, acknowledge Dan and, and Susan's work with us uh, today. So I came to, 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 the, to, the, to try to do some ministry there because I still don't know now if I should go to Japan or so I stay there, all I know is God is just pressing me to, 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 to look back to who I am as a Samoan, what he's given me to do, and what my place is, and also where the Native Americans were at. So I felt like doing this outreach. But the Lord told me something different. I said, I want you to approach Native Americans as, as Samoan. I said, what does that mean? And they're like, well, you know who you are. Now you're a chief. You've got to go as a chief. You know how chiefs go to meet people? Not like this, like that. And I still remember the first time I went there, I told Rita, well, the, the tribal council is waiting for me. Uh, you can come and drop me off, and then you can go, and t- t- maybe 15, I don't know how long they were. But, uh, but Rita was, you know, um, I'm so blessed with my wife because the patience that she and the courage that she had, you know, to, to walk this out with, with me in the midst of all these Native Americans and Samoan culture stuff. I'm so blessed to have a wife like Rita really believe, you know, and I just want to thank you to the church. Thank you to her family for, for trusting this Samoan to take this Amish girl, Mennonite girl, with me. Well, she was never Amish, you know, uh, and uh, got the job done and and we went there. I still remember I dressed up, you know, I just wanted to go with jeans and stuff like that. And I feel like, no. And I finally down to my lava lava, which is a skirt. They call it a skirt. You're down with the, with the skirt and a shirt. And, the, and we still remember when Rita dropped me off and I was walking with the shirt. But when I come closer and I feel like the Lord's telling me, no, this is not how your people meet each other. Take off your shirt. So I... I took off my shirt, and, you get, I, and I came here into this. Uh, again, this is not, I just showed a picture there of how we officially have the protocol ceremony of entrance. You know, and that's how we, 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 we enter the reservation. And, but I came by myself, and I just stood there at the door because there's a way of us calling, uh, asking for permission. I stood there. And the Native Americans, I can tell something was going on. 
And I stood there on the door again and said, Mwah, is how we call, you know, as Samoans. You stand there and say, keep doing that till somebody come and greet you. If somebody come and kill you at the door, I'm sorry, there's no room. That's how we enter people's villages. We have this chief that go, we call him the, 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 the orator or the war chief. He would go there and stand and make that call. And the Native Americans were watching what in the world is going on. And I just, again, I didn't find this from the book of Revelation or anything. I just went there and just trying to follow what God. And I think it was about my fourth call. All of a sudden, it sunk into the Native Americans. There's another tribe coming in to our. And then the, the chief, the, 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 the tribal chief of council, his name is Fred Matt, came up and shook my hand and brought me in. And I started to tell the story. They asked me, so why are you here? I end up telling the story of Jesus. No, I'm not here for any reason. I'm here to tell you the story of this man. His name is Jesus Christ. Died on the cross for us. And I remember the story of how the gospel came into our island and changed our people. And I end up telling those stories. And the Native Americans were sitting there. And they asked the question. One of the, the tribal council members raised his hand. is like, is your story the same as the church story? He said, yes, sir. We believe his name is Jesus Cristo, Jesus Christ. And then they got up and said, we welcome you to our reservation. We invite you to come to our reservation. How can we have more people like this to come to our tribe? And I asked them, if you're willing, write a letter of invitation. I will go get more chiefs, Christian chiefs, to come and let us reason together. Let us tell you. They wrote a letter. They invited, and we went, I went back. I mean, they accepted me, and they thanked me for coming. And then I went back and told these Samoan Christian chiefs, hey, this tribe wants us to come in. So we gathered together. We meet as chiefs and asked the Lord, what is our next step? And then the Lord reminded me again, reminded us again, how to do the protocol of entrance and the protocol of recite, or you're living there. So we went. This is the second time we went, and you can tell that's... Usually, my kind of chief, that's my place, is to be the orator. And I have to stand there and speak words of, of, of uh, introducing ourselves. And the tribes, the, the Native Americans just sat there. And they were just amazed about what was going on. Let me see if I can go the right way here. Okay, let me go back here. This is, as you can tell, how we sit here. When we come to meet people... We have this ceremony called cover, which is pretty close to the communion, you know, that we do at, at church. You see the, 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 the bowl there? I, I turned totally different here. I know I came here. I was, I think I got the plan to go and, and reach people. But when I was in Montana on the reservation, the Lord started uh, showing me, this is how you're going to approach Native Americans. You can't just tell, go and tell them Jesus loves you and that's it. You've got to enter into who they are as a people. So we went here and we did this cover of ceremony where we mixed together this cover and we passed the cover to each other and allow everybody to speak blessings for, for our gathering. And they know what we came, why we came there. And that's how we started. And now you get, this is the, the tribal, uh, the, the, um, the chairman of the, the council. And uh, he also, he knew about Jesus. He he, one time, he was a pastor of the Assembly of God. 
But he wanted to be native, so he left Christianity and become native. And that's the story that's going on. You have to leave your Christian stuff to become natives and, and uh, become native. And this is uh, 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 James Steele. And he was the one that first received the cup. If, if, in, uh, where we come from, when, we re- when you receive the cup, meaning you, uh, you, 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 your heart is open, you allow those people to come into your, your, your territory. So he received the cup and he spoke words of blessing. And he went on, went on like that. And that's me and him exchanged gift. And, uh, and that's one of the, that's the, the Carol Langford is one of the, 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 the consul uh, men there. And she also spoke. And then we started exchanging gifts. And we still told them, this is, this is who we are as a people. This is, this is before we even preached the gospel. This is, this is, we, we just came and, and met them. And that's all the, the council members. I think the, the Montana team that came and the guys went to the tribal council chamber, right? And uh, that's how we, we had a prayer meeting there on Friday. By the way, they were open doors to Christian men to come and pray there. There's Buddhism. There's a medicine man. There's all these people, but they only open their doors to Christian men to come and pray there. And our team, we go there and pray every Friday morning. And uh, the team from, Mon- from here that went to Montana, the men came and prayed with us. And that was this one thing that's so good about this tribe here. And then this is, this is the coolest part of it. They accepted us and they, we exchanged words. Then at the end, they gave us, that is the flag, what they put there on my shoulder that is the flag of the nation. Uh, we call it the Flathead Nation. And I don't know about you, but when the people invite you in and give you their blessings and the flag, something big is going to happen. Amen? And, uh, and I was there just amazed by how this, uh, by how this uh, started, and that's them greeting us. And here's the cool thing. And they responded with a, a native drum. That's a big drum. By the way, uh, for those of you that came from Montana, that, I mean, from, that went to the Montana team, you saw the end of your time. The native guys brought their drums and sing for you. I mean, there was an honor song going on. That was never, those Christianity and native drums never go together. Obviously, you did something good there that they came and celebrate and play their drums and sing for you guys and sing with us. So that's a sign of success. So that's, then they respond with a drum song that is the Chief Cliff Band. And, and you can tell that they are, uh, and that is our last shot with, the, with the James Steele. And uh, on the, the, my friend there on the right is another chief from Samoa. He worked with Native Americans in Canada. And we connected together and started uh, doing this ministry together. So, so those are some, some shots that I, I have so much shots there, but, uh, but I was uh, not sure how we're going to, how we're going to um, uh, do this. I didn't know I was going to be sharing, so I'm sorry. That's all I could bring, but that's how it looked like. That's how it looked like when now, and we are so excited because Native Americans welcome us. And then I asked the churches that we started to uh, meet with the pastors, and they said, Sika, how did I, everywhere we go, these Native Americans are talking about your ministry. They don't come to church. And that's something that, another thing that I realized is that when we, we go to church, only white people are there. But when we go, or the cowboys, we go, only the cowboys are at the church. And when I go to this powwow and gathering, all the Native Americans are there. So I asked the Lord, how can we reach these people? So that's when I started using 
what I knew best and what I was that using our Samoans way of changing the Lord's Prayer, our Sivatau, our Hakas, and, and stuff like that. And we started to use that to tell the story of Jesus. Let me tell you, we've seen hundreds and hundreds of Native Americans respond. I mean, that, that first, after we did the protocol and we went around, the, the reservation did outreach. I mean, Natives were there. They heard about us Samoans coming and we told the story of Jesus Christ, the redemption part of, of the gospel and, and how Jesus, you know, and, and they started telling us we never seen anything like this. Now, we ended up doing some dance, some worship dance there, doing this protocol. And I still remember one of the Native Americans stood there and asked me, Sika, how can our people worship God like the way you guys worship God? What happened there? We came in as a Samoans and with our gift and, and what God has gifted us to. You know, for a long time, I wanted to be a black man. I wanted to be a white man. Obviously, I didn't do a good job, you know. Because, you know, that's how I was in the beginning. You know, I came here. I saw these guys play the electric guitars. Like, man, they're so awesome. And try so hard to be a bluegrass guy. Why well, I don't do a good job doing bluegrass. And I tried so hard to be a black guy, you know, going, hey, what's up, man? And tried to be, it didn't work. You know, and I tried to reach people that way. Till the Lord has told me, I want you to be a Samoan. I want you to accept who you are. I want you to use the gift and the talents that I've given to you to reach these people. It's almost like a tribe reaching a tribe, you know. And as, as I was doing this, the Native Americans started becoming more and more who they are. They started discovering that God, the Creator, is not about taking off who they are. It's about restoring and redeeming who they are. You know, the Scripture says that in the book of Revelation, say, I look out and there's a multitude of people from every tribe, every tongues, and every languages. Amen? Well, obviously, every means every. Every. And I just, I was so blessed to just, just, just be a part of this. And, and I see these Native Americans saying, how can we, we were told that our drums should never be in the church. And I have to, to counsel with these, uh, these, uh, these pastors, I have to counsel with these Native Americans or First Nations people that become pastors. And they ended up being so like, uh, what do you call the term? We talked about it. Charismatic, you know, sorry. <laughs> They're so charismatic that they kind of become like these preachers that hop around and stuff like that. And, and then people, the Native Americans, just come and try to experience something that's so foreign, not knowing they can worship God the way God created them and who they are. And, and that's why I'm so blessed being on the reservation. And I started inviting these Samoans in, in joining our team, and we started forming this group. You know what? We're not going to try to be a white man. We're not going to be trying to be black people. We're just going to be Samoans. In the Lord. And just being that brought Native Americans to the Lord. I mean, we'll do luau's. We roast pigs. We, we do our prayer dances and stuff like that. And we tell, and, and people come out for prayers. We, we go to the church, you know, and, and there's no Native American there. So we went, we went and do this luau's, community gathering. And we do tell the story of Jesus. The girls do their dances. And the guys do their dances and just... The, the, the story of, of the crucifixion, the story of redemption. And be, in, at the end of our meetings, people will come, Native Americans will come to us and say, we need prayers. How can I learn more about Jesus? And, and you can see that's, that's how we came into this reservation. And again, I didn't know I was going to go to Japan. But the Lord opened up these, these doors. And uh, right now we have 
uh, three Native American families that full-time with us, and two, actually three uh, single that's uh, uh, working with us. And please be praying for them because I really believe that they're taking their place. And what they told me is this. We were Christian before, but we, were, we didn't want to go to church. We didn't want to associate with the white people because they say if you go to church, it's another loss to the white man. They already lost, you know, the land and everything they have. Now going to the church is lost to their, to their, to their God. So we're just going to believe at home. We're not going to be too excited. And some of them get so uh, put down by their families when they become Christians. So they, they were hiding this Christianity thing. Now when the Samoans, and again, it's not about Samoans. It's about God and His glory. When we came in and become who we are, and I challenged them, don't expect me to be a native. Because you'll find the worst native, you know, in me. And I would not expect you to be a Samoan. Because you're not Samoan. And now we started, you know, in times now we gathered together, they would bring their drums. And they would start singing their worship song. They started dancing and do this round dance. That I think it was introduced before by our ancestor that brought the gospel. That when you become a Christian, you have to be white. And, and now that is, it's, it's the message that we are, the Lord has blessed us and used uh, through us to challenge these native, these native Americans that they don't have to be white, to be Christians. They are native. God created them to be who they are. So be praying for us. We were doing a lot of outreaches. Where we're at, we are in a, on, a, on a flathead reservation, which is uh, northwest of Montana. And I know I'm flying here to just try to get to where we're heading. And uh, the first uh, three years when Dan was there, and uh, he got married and brought his wife. We were doing a lot of outreaches and pioneering. And we went to school, and we were focusing on the, on the reservation. The Flathead Nation, there is the, 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 the Salish people, the Kootenai, and the Bonneril. And uh, those people are very different from other reservations. They're very open. It's an open reservation. That's why we were able to be there. And we are blessed to start this ministry there from a neutral ground where we can all, you know, not because we sometimes we go to the Blackfeet Nation, they are not open to any non-natives there, but they invite us as, you know, they know that our ministry is a Christian ministry, but they invite us to, to, to come and be a part of this cultural celebration. And I'm so blessed because I still remember going down to Wyoming. It was called the Wellness. Are you guys keeping my time or? Okay. It's called the Wellness Gathering. And I, there was about 40 medicine men there. And they invited our group to come. And then um, I still remember, um, remember going there in this gathering in, in Wyoming. And I drove in with the, my island boys and these native guys. And, and we went there and it was pretty intimidating. It was like 40 medicine men. And then the whole day it was about them telling their stories of how we should keep our culture, how we should keep, you know, our youth. And they were like doing this whole burning eagle feathers and do their thing. And you feel like you're back in the old times of the Bible. You're with these prophets that do their stuff, you know. And, and they were like doing their chanting, their medicine man prayer. And I was there. It's like, wow. And it was full of Native Americans. So uh, we were the last one. And uh, we brought a, a music band and, uh, and uh, uh, instruments. But they said it's better not to use instruments. Which was good because we, we did everything in Samoan. And, and I still remember... We were chanting the Lord's Prayer. And all these medicine men started turn and just look at us. And I kept chanting, and the Lord said, kept chanting the Lord's, Loma, totoma, letoma, oile. And we, 
we started doing our fire knife dance because the fire knife dance is one of the dance of victory that we have in Samoa. And our guys came in and started spinning their fire. And this, this medicine man started, they got their attention and looked. And I end up telling the story of the best medicine I ever found. Because they all have their medicine story, the eco feather medicine, the snow dance medicine. And I told, and I was like, let me tell you, the best medicine I ever found is the blood of Jesus Christ that brought healing to our people. And the Native Americans, they were like staring at us and they were like responding so well. And we were doing this and we kept celebrating. Before that, we, before we finished that, worshiping God and all the medicine men came up to me and said, I never heard the story of Jesus Christ this way. And they started inviting us to their reservations. So now from where we're at, we are going to do this Indian youth camps. We're going to do this uh, youth gathering, Christian gathering, non-Christian gathering. We are there, but the Lord always opened doors for us to tell stories of Jesus Christ. And we've seen people getting saved. We go down to, to the Crow Nation. We go to the Blackfeet Nation. And we, we, we started heading to the to Washington uh, uh, tribes and started inviting us now. And so we've been doing that the last few years. Till last year, I felt like the Lord told us to start a focus on training discipling people, and that's what's going on now. We're having a DGS, raising leaders, because we believe that uh, we're going to be uh, heading to the second stage of our ministry, is raising leaders and, and, and continue to, to see the redemption of the culture. Now, usually we're all excited about people getting saved, and, and that's the forever you know, glory of God is people come to his kingdom. But our goal as a ministry is not just being saved, it's being redeemed. Amen. It's being restored. To see these Native Americans not just being saved because before you know, the church used to come and do a mission trip and people get saved and they give their lives to the Lord. So when, when missionary left, they backslide again. And then they're not, it seems like we used to go to this reservation that we go for a month and then we do ministry there. People got saved. You go back to, to where we at. You go back to that reservation. The same, same people got saved again. You know, it seems like the cycle kept going on. They don't know the power of the salvation. And that's why we're, we're focusing and looking at as a team. It started training them to, to not just getting saved, but being redeemed and being restored and be responding to the Lord as who they are as a native. There's a complaint that I always, I'm, I'm blessed to, 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 to be brown. As you can tell, I was telling Tiana, my outfit right now is uh, chocolate mint, you know, <laughs> chocolate and mint, you know. I always like chocolate mint ice cream, by the way. But I'm so blessed to be a Samoan there, having this culture that's being redeemed by the Lord. I mean, not every Samoan chief think the way I think, but I'm so glad. I even encounter other Samoans seeing the culture being Because, you know, when they said every tribe, every nation, every tongue, I don't think it meant for all of us to sing English songs only. What would it be like? And it changed my way of thinking about this story that Jesus is wanting us to be a part of, of every tribe, every nation, every tongue. You know, I've done missions for a long time. And what we usually do is going there and try to make those people like us. But the, 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 God, the Bible said, go and make disciples of those nations. And I'm just looking, how would the African disciple look like? Would he look like a white man or he would look like an African? Would he look like, uh, how, how would be the disciple of of the, the First Nation people look like. Every tribe will look like. And that's, that's our prayer. And I ask you to, to, be, to continue to pray for us 
Because we're witnessing, and we started seeing these Native Americans started becoming disciples of Christ. Not just being saved and go home. Now they're going to, now they start becoming disciples. You know, when they came with their drums, even for them to bring their gift to, the, to a Christian outreach team as a drum, fellow Mennonite church, be a part of this celebration. For them to give a drum, it, it was never done before. The church in the early days, which is mostly Catholic, when they introduced like Native American stuff, has nothing to do with Christianity. So they always think that we have that mentality that their stuff is out there, out of, you know, it's not of God, is, and that's why they become who they are. We always think that Native Americans, you know, when they, when they beat their drums and chant, we think they are worshiping. Yes, they did that because that's, but they do have a place in this celebration. Amen. And believe with us, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing that. I, I've been to some of the gathering that I've seen. There was one pastor up in the Browning that invited us, and I told him about this. He told, his, he, he told one of his friends, we will never accept native drums in the church. I said, okay, well, I'm going to start working with you. Last year, fall, we did a powwow in his church. And his church is growing so big now and because now Native Americans realize they can bring their costumes. They, they bring their sound and worship God. They don't have to be like us, uh, like, like white people. They don't have to be like this certain you know, Christian image. And nothing against white people. You guys have done a good job. And I love white people. Obviously, I married to one of them. You know. But there's something about all of us embracing who we are. And our gift. I'm not, too, I'm not telling you, please be a Samoan. No. You have a gift. And, and let's look at this bigger picture here of every tribe, every nation. You notice it says, it's not saying every tribe, every nation, and white people. No. You are. All of us come from different tribes. different, And, and God wants us to redeem that. For that final day when we, we meet him, imagine what it would be like. Imagine what it would be like when Jesus comes and all these nations respond to him. Was it, was it easy? No. We had just started it. And I, I will tell one story of, of how hard it is. And I was, I was blessed because, I, was blessed because uh, I went to the Global Leadership Summit and they say this, you know, the prayer that for us leaders is be strong and courageous. For I am with you. I will never leave you. That's, that's what we have to have up there on the, on the reservation. We have to put on, we have to become warriors to be strong. I still remember in the, in the first year and a half, it was so hard for Rita to be on the reservation. And I got a permission from her to tell this story. And I tell you, I'll go meet with my native friends and we tell some more stories. And I came home, there's this, you know, my Mennonite wife trying to find her place in this whole deal. And Native American uh, ladies started coming and hang out with us. And Rita was just trying to prepare the house. And, uh, and finally, they trust me enough to come in. And there's my wife serving them food and welcome them. And they started coming more and more. And they started. But in the beginning, it was always hard for her because, it's, you know, what would it be like to be white and people are talking bad about you? But this woman fought hard. And I still remember she came up to me crying like, honey, I'm tired. Let's move out of the reservation. And, you know, I was to the point too, you know, okay. That's where my family's at. I'm going to move out. So we went up to Kalispell, where it's the, the city, just like normal city. And we looked for, for a place to stay there. And we found a place and we like it. And we're like, you know, this is really good. We're going to move up there. and Maybe we can come in and out of the reservation. 
I still remember driving back that night. We met up with the owner. We're going to set up the appointment to go and sign the place, and we'll move then. I still remember we drove back to the reservation, and there was, I think, halfway through, we, couldn't, we didn't talk to each other anymore. And we were driving and driving, and we came to Paulson where you started looking down to the reservation, and Rita asked me the question, do you hear what I'm hearing? I said, oh, I think I'm hearing something. And I, and I asked her, what do you think you're hearing? And I say, I feel like the Lord does, don't want us to move out of the reservation. And I was like, really? I thought we want to leave, and I was all excited about leaving now. <laughs> but we came back and prayed that night. The same night, Rita had a dream. There was this eagle. And um, she was standing there on the field, and the eagle dropped her some feather, which is feather is a, is a big thing in, 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 uh, on the reservation. And the following Sunday, this Native American came to church with two feathers, the golden eagle feather and a bald eagle feather, and handed it to Rita. You know, it took courage. And we were almost come to the point of giving up. We're almost, in that, this is 2000 and, end of 2006, heading to 2007. We're almost come to the point of giving up. And now we've seen these Native Americans came over, and they started lead, taking over leadership, and they started taking this gospel as part of them. And now they, they started telling the story. I mean, I'm wit, witnessing John Grandchamp and Jason Adam and Greg Couture, all these friends of mine, well-recognized people, the tribal chief of police now is on our board, full-on man of God. He's serving the Lord. And, you know, he became a member of the church. I haven't told the story of how I became a pastor, and I still don't know if I'm a pastor yet, but I became a pastor of a church. And uh, it's so funny how that all came because, you know, I realized when I do my luau's and do my tribal wave stuff, you know, Native Americans come, but he saddened me when I go to the church. There's no Native American in the, in the church. So I felt like the Lord told me, Seek, I want you to take another step. And that's when this church, little church, you know, asked me if I'm willing to be a pastor of the church. And I'm still on my way to Japan. I don't know when I'm going to get there. But I felt like the Lord say, just be faithful. Do what I'm asking you to do. Be strong and courageous. So I took over becoming a pastor, not having a pastor degree, never pastor a church. I just say, Lord, Whatever pastor do, I don't have it. I'm just going to be obedient to you. Now, we're seeing more and more Native Americans coming to our church. The, 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 tribe, the, the, the reservation people started coming to this little church. Uh, three and a half years ago, it was a, was a first Baptist church. We were working our way to be the last Baptist church. You know, and that was a joke. You're supposed to laugh on that one. But, uh, <clears throat> but um, now we... It's, it became a, just a regular church, non-denominational church. And I'm the pastor of this whole thing. And we started out with 35 people and only whites and then us Samoans, you know. Now, we, I mean, three and a half years later, it's still smaller than this church. But we, we, we've seen about 150, 200 people start coming to our church. We're running two services and stuff. And, and the most exciting thing is this, is to see Native Americans come to the church and worship. And this is just a part of it. And we haven't even got to the redeeming story. And our, our prayer is that we will start a Native American service there in the evening because uh, we have two services in the morning. And now our, our YWAM team, which I'm, I'm, I'm the director. I've got to make sure I say this right. I'm the director of the YWAM Flathead Reservation. Then I'm also the director of Tribal Waves, which is specifically to Native Americans. When, when the team from Montana, from uh, 
Ohio game, you guys work specific, uh, directly with the Team Extreme and the Tribal Waves, which is Team Extreme is our power team. That, you know, we do some weird stuff of breaking bricks and tear phone books and, uh, and stuff like that. And we use that to tell the, the story of salvation and the story of Jesus Christ. And um, so I kind of run these two organizations, pray for me and Rita. We're taking a sabbatical right now, and uh, we are hoping that the Lord will put us back to where we're supposed to be because we're coming off from the pioneering stage of things to start raising leaders. And uh, how would that uh, work? I don't know. But uh, we believe that God's going to lead us there. Amen? So, church, be strong and courageous. And I've seen Native Americans getting saved. I can't wait for the day that the Native Americans will be here and sing with us and celebrate with us because this is what this church is all about. It's about reaching the nation. I still remember sitting with Dwayne, and Dwayne, as a pastor, he was concerned about me going out. But I told him, this, trust me, we, I think God is calling us. And then he trusted me, I trusted him, and I left. And I think we started feeling and taste a little bit of this glory of God that I encourage you, never give up on the Lord. I don't know where your situation is at. Life is not easy. Sometimes it's not fair. Don't give up. Do not give up. There's more to salvation. There's more just coming to the church. And I encourage you, if you're just coming here to, to, to just sit here and have a fun time, enjoy that, but don't enjoy that for the rest of your time here. Be a part of what God is doing. You heard last week how God changed lives, and that's what this is all about. I mean, we do dumb things. Me and Dean do dumb things. Me and, and, and Troy run out there and I was wearing shorts and the Amish guys were staring at me because of they seen different color legs, you know, and all that. And I mean, I, I'm so blessed coming back to the church and, and, and see your, your, your courage. Me and Dan, we're talking, driving around. It's such a blessing. You guys are in a good place. I feel restored coming back here. Is you, don't know, you do not know what it is to come back and there's scriptures in front of people's yard. Where we are, you never see that. I mean, you just walk around, you see these scriptures, and it's like, whoa, even the yards is talking about Jesus. You know, where we, where we ministry, it's tough. And I want you to press on. Never give up in your faith. God will never give up on us. I mean, I, I made mistakes. I told some of the stories of my mistakes, and I, obviously this is not a mistake service, you know. But in the midst of that, God will work with us. God will, will, will make you, you know, be a part of this glory that Pastor Duane was talking about. And, I, you know, sometimes we don't know what is that glory look, look like, but as we're hearing those guys sharing their story last Sunday, that's the glory of God. I just want to thank you for this time. May the Lord bless you. If I can pray, is that okay? Now, to all of my to mama, to the father, if I for you to live in, I had to oi. If I for you to live in, I had to oi, the old living. If I for Tyler, my to mama, Nita, if I for Tyler, to a Molo, will offer below one Heavenly Father, we thank you. We gather together here, sharing your glory. Be a part of who, what you call us to do. Lord, we thank you. 
We want to turn back. We want to pause here and look back to you and say, how great is our God? How great is our God? I thank you, Lord, for calling us to be a part of that celebration. When you come and we respond, we rule and reign with you. We thank you, Lord, for that. We thank you for calling us. Bless this church, Father. Bless the ministry here. Bless their heart for the nations, not only here in America, but to the world, Father. Bless our missionaries that are out there. Connect us stronger, O oh God. We thank you in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Well, as you can tell, Sika uh, and Reed are very passionate, and God is doing great work in, in their lives, and just is always, I'm always blown away by, by their story. And, and, you know, Sika said I trusted him. There were times I thought he was crazy, but I still did trust him in, in what he was doing. And, and, you know, being out there last um, August was really a highlight of, of, of our lives, seeing what God is doing there. And so, Sika and Rita, family, thank you very much. Uh, be blessed as you continue your sabbatical and your rest. Be blessed and have a wonderful week.